Garden Angelists, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dee Nash from Guthrie, Oklahoma. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. Good morning, Dee. Good morning, Carol. We're recording in the morning instead of the afternoon, and it's been fraught with difficulty this morning. I guess, <laughs> but we got it going now. That's right. Now we're here, and we're going to make it happen. Um Let's talk about GardenCom. Oh, my gosh. We just got back. We just got back from Salt Lake City for the uh, Garden Communicators International, commonly called GardenCom, their annual conference, and we had a blast. We did have a blast. We did a bunch of pictures while we were out of town, and we took lots and lots of um, pictures of flora and fauna and vegetables. I think Utah is beautiful. It is a beautiful place, and we went to the expo. We saw lots of vendors, found out about a ton of new plants and new products that we are excited to tell everybody about, and we're going to spread it out all winter every week, something new. So tune in every week, folks, because, yes, that's right. We are not going to every other week after all. We decided we would miss you too much and probably each other, so we're going to do it every week, same time, same podcast station. And we're going to do it every week on your brand new fast internet, Dee. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have this new inter internet that's called TalkBox. Because, you know, I live in the country and I had really lousy internet. And this is kind of a behind-the-scenes thing for our listeners. Uh, it used to be that when we would talk on Skype, we had this huge lag. And sometimes our voices would just go completely out. So we had to guess what the other person was saying. Now we see each other in real time. We hear each other in real time. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm actually using equipment that oil companies use out on rigs. That's exciting. And I got to thank the people at Cox Cable for telling us about it. My husband went down to the office, and they said, you know what, we're not going to be in your area for many, many years. But go to this website, TalkBox, and sign up for this. And you know what? They were the nicest people. And actually, they make this device in Edmond, Oklahoma. They use it all over the world. So I now have fast internet. And we also gave a shout out to TalkBox because maybe there's other people in the country just like me who don't have internet. Exactly. And I live here in town. So fast internet, I just take it for granted. Yeah, you can't imagine. I mean, we can now stream two shows at one time, so I'm so excited. Hey, I see you got us a beautiful quote by a very sad lady, but a beautiful quote. Yes, sad lady, beautiful quote. Here it is. It's apropos for the day. The best of summer gone and the new fall not yet born. The odd, uneven time. Sylvia Plath. Now, that's really beautiful because that's exactly how it is in Oklahoma right now. We're still in the 90s. Um, we're actually supposed to get storms and rain tonight, which also used to knock out my internet, but won't anymore. And uh, I'll be excited to see the rain. I was actually thinking about going out and planting some red clover or crimson clover in my uh, beds. I don't know if I'll get that done today or not. I got a lot going on. This week... I think this is so weird, but the third week of September is National Indoor Plant Week, not to be confused with Houseplant Appreciation Day, which is January 10th. You would think that National Indoor Plant Week would be like in the winter because, you know, I, I pay more attention to my indoor houseplants in the winter. True. And uh, 
I just found out about this too, and it's a good reminder for people. National Indoor Plant Week, maybe it's the third week of September because it reminds us cold season gardeners that if we took our houseplants outside, now's the time to bring them back inside. You do not want them to start getting cold at night. No, you don't, because most of our houseplants are tropical. Some are desert plants, and of course there's orchids, which are a whole different thing, but they, they're tropical too, I guess, but they're not like grown in dirt normally. Um, I have some orchids outside and um, a couple of other things that I do need to bring in. So, Carol, when I bring those in, what should I do to make sure I'm not bringing in a whole bunch of hitchhikers? Yes, hitchhikers meaning bugs and spiders, and the main ones that I find are spiders, of course, and pill bugs, which some people call sow bugs. Um, and roly, they're called roly polies here roly too. Roly polies. Sometimes you can have a, you pick up a pot and there's a big bunch of ants come crawling out. So, what I do, and I, I had this big idea that I was going to repot all my plants, wash the dirt off, give them all fresh dirt. This is not really the season for repotting though. So. It's not. What I did on mine is I gave them a thorough inspection and kind of wiped leaves to make sure that there was no bug eggs or anything on them. And then I watered them thoroughly. I mean, I watered them and let the water pour out and let the water pour out. And I did lift a few out of the pot and kind of inspected, and I didn't see a lot. So then I stuck them inside um, uh, with a wish and a prayer that there be no big bugs and so far, so good. No big bugs. So far, so good. If you do get big bugs, um, what will you do with them? If you, if you have bugs on your houseplants, do you ever spray them with anything? If I have a mealybug invasion, what I've done in the past, because I had a huge one, is I dip the tip of uh, Q-tip or cotton in alcohol and just kind of swapped them all out and tried to kill them that way. I don't mm -hmm. use pesticides on my houseplants. Honestly, if a houseplant gets too badly infested, I, I ditch it. Yeah, I do too. I ditch it. I, you know, here's the thing. I, I've used pyrethrium, you know, which is a natural one, natural insecticide on mine before if I had to out in the greenhouse. Because remember, I'm not just bringing in houseplants. I'm also now doing cuttings while I will be in two weeks doing cuttings of all the things that I want to bring into the greenhouse. So I've used pyrethrium on those. Um, you can find it under several different brand names. And, it, you know, it's pretty effective and it, it won't hurt you too bad, which is, that's always the issue in a greenhouse situation. I mean, I'm an organic gardener anyway, and as organic as I can be. And I just, I don't like spraying stuff, but in a greenhouse, things can go crazy really quickly. So, do you want, I bought, I was going to tell you, I had a surprise. What's your surprise? I got one more tip when you bring in your houseplants before you tell me your surprise. Oh, well, tell me the tip. Well, you really need to wipe off the outside of the pots really thoroughly. And if there's like, uh, I have a lot of clay pots and they get the calcification, the white stuff mm -hmm. that gets on the outside. I tried to wipe that off and scrub it a little bit. It... First of all, it's another way to make sure you're not bringing in bugs, and it makes the pot look a little nicer for indoors. Okay, that's cool. I don't do that, but, you know, I have a lot of different pots, though. I tend to use more glazed pots for my houseplants than terracotta, unless I'm doing orchids. And with orchids, I do usually orchid pots, terracotta, or 
stone orchid pots, but most of the time I use glaze pots. So you want to hear my surprise? What is your surprise, Dee? I'm dying to tell you my surprise. Tell me your surprise. I went to the store the other day and I bought five new house plants. <laughs> D. I thought five. We, listeners, listeners, we <laughs> talked six months ago that D doesn't really do house plants, but every time yeah. I talk to D, she's got more house plants. Yeah, I don't know. I've I mean there's so much more selection than there used to be because house plants are hot. And so now I find stuff that I really want to grow. And um, I bought a gold pothos, and I bought this cool philodendron called Prince of Orange. It doesn't look like your normal philodendron. It grows up, which I hear you have too. I you have, have it. it. The new leaves are gorgeous. They're sort of an orangey color, and then they turn oh back to green. And outside, it had a new leaf this summer, and it was as pretty as any flower. Love it, love it, love it, love so, it. So I just bought mine, so it didn't go outside. But I think if it did go outside, it has really big leaves, and I'd probably put it in the shade where I put my begonias and stuff. Um, but just I bought five, and I'll, I'll feature them on our Instagram this week. Um, I put them all in these lime green pots. Oh, my gosh, they're so pretty. And I'm either going to put them in my bathroom or put them in my west-facing window. Because my, my living room faces both east and west, so I've got, like, the perfect conditions for houseplants. And my daughter, Megan, who's the houseplant nut, she's 26, she said to me, gosh, you seem to really be into houseplants. And I had to laugh because I used to be in, I mean, houseplants were the first thing I grew when I was 13 years old. And I had a whole art desk that was just covered with them. And then I just got kind of tired of them, but now I'm into them again because there's so many different varieties. There are. There are tons of them out there. And um, and we have to thank the, the young kids because the young kids have really shown an interest, and then that's encouraged the nurseries and the breeders to keep bringing out some new ones. So, yeah, that's good. So houseplants are in, houseplants are hot. You did not hear it here first. I mean, they just are a big thing. So there's a lot to choose from. Do you have any flowering houseplants? I do. I have um, I have a couple African violets, but they're nothing to write home about. But the one that is tough as nails, that's always in flower, is I have a crown of thorns, which is Euphorbia millii. Yeah, millii. It's, you can find them, I mean, every houseplant section at the grocery store and everywhere usually has some of these because... They have beautiful, simple pink flowers on them every day of the year. They never stop flowering. They do? I've, you know, I've never grown that plant, so I can't say anything about it at all. Um, I think I might give it to my daughter, but I want to give her the one you have because yours isn't a pink flower. I have the pink, and I also have one that's yellow. And my daughter's, my daughter Megan's favorite color is yellow. So good luck finding it. What happened oh. is I saw it at the grocery store, and I told myself I wasn't going to get it. And then about an hour later, I'm back in the car going back to get it because I had never seen yellow before. Yeah, no kidding. I've never seen it before either. Um, I also saw a flowering houseplant that was actually outside in one of the gardens in Salt Lake City, and I took a picture of it, and now, of course, I want it. Do you know which one it is? No. What did you take a picture of? I took a picture of Desert Rose, 
which is, and you can buy it, I'm looking on here, and you can buy it from Logie's Plants, um, and it's called Adonium Obisum, or it might be Obisum, Adonium Obisum, and I think I need it because it's part of the dog family, and it's, it comes in the Sahara, so it would be really great here in the summer. And then I could grow it in the winter. It has these gorgeous red flowers all over it and a nice big, you know, kind of root system or the bottom of its stem has this big bulb to hold on to water. So right. I'll be ordering that this week. Yes, I will. And then, of course, I have orchids. And there's a real secret to getting orchids to rebloom for you, but I finally have tapped into it. And I've got some big old orchids now. Tell me the secret, D. It is so dang easy you're going to be surprised. Um, the secret is, and you know who told me this secret? Our friend Fair Garden. Because I just used to throw out my orchids into the compost pile when they were done blooming. I don't do that anymore now. So here's the secret. You want to put them in a place in your home or your greenhouse if you're an orchid aficionado, but you already know this if you're that. You want to put them in a place in your house where it gets 10 degrees cooler at night. And for me, that works out perfectly because, as I said, I have an east-facing window and a west-facing window. If you put orchids in the window, and they can handle the heat because they got those fleshy leaves, you can put them in the window, and it gets 10 degrees hotter than the rest of the house. And then last night, and then, I mean, not last night, in the middle of the night, it, the temperature goes down because the sun is no longer shining. And I'm telling you, I've rebloomed my yellow one over and over again, and now I'm re, I've also got another bloom stalk off of my... I think it's a pink one. I find that the white ones are the easiest to get to rebloom. Very nice. I have a an orchid that rebloomed that actually a friend of mine rescued from the trash where his mother... Oh, it could have been mine. Well, his mother lived in a retirement uh, village, I'll call it, and he found this in the trash and rescued it, and then he gave it to me, and it rebloomed beautiful white beautiful white flowers and so yeah, I, white white's easier I, I don't know why yeah I've repotted it and uh because he didn't have it in a very good pot for an orchid so this summer I repotted it and put it in a proper pot for an orchid and so I'm hoping to get it to rebloom again next spring and I think I will so I think you will too and it takes them a long time to rebloom so don't be dismayed if it takes a while um, it, it does. It takes quite a few, like months, but they will rebloom. And before long, if you have several, you'll have one almost always in bloom. And then you can always go buy one at the grocery store. Trader Joe's has a ton of them and super cheap. I was going to tell you that when I went and got my haircut, I have a quick little story. When go I went ahead. to get my haircut the other day, um, I had given an orchid to my hairdresser, Eileen. And she said, oh, my gosh, it doesn't look too good. And she said, we got these new blinds, and it's not very happy. Well, she had moved it out of the light, and it wasn't very happy. But she also didn't cut back the bloom stalks. And so after you do, you know, after your orchid is finished blooming, you can cut those off, and it lets the plant put energy back into its leaves and get ready to rebloom again. Hers were dried completely out. And so I cut all that back. And on top of that, I did... Um, some, I did some surgery to it because its roots were messed up, and it was in those plastic cups that they come from the, from the garden center, and so that was right. an issue too. So anyway, I fixed all that, and then I said, you've got to buy it some orchid moss or orchid soil, and she promised she'd do it, and she probably will. 
Now you saw another house plant when we that blooms when we were in Salt Lake City. Right. I saw uh, they have a dwarf pomegranate from Proven Ooh. Winners. It's called Pepe La Palm. That's and funny. You know, I was kind of like, oh, that's not going to be hardy in my garden. But she said you can actually grow it as a house plant. And so I brought that home, and uh, I'm going to give it a nice pot as soon as I get some better potting soil because I found out I didn't have a good stash of potting soil. So I'm going to pot that thing back up and um, see if I can get it to overwinter as a lovely house plant. And then I'm going to... Mm -hmm. Probably take it out next summer. But it has beautiful, like, orangey-red blooms on it. And I look forward to that. That'll be fun. And then it makes a little bitty fruit, right? Yes, but the fruit won't be anything to write home about. It won't be anything to eat. Well, it's not edible. It's just pretty. It's just cute. Yes. And so one thing we should tell listeners while we're talking about National House Plant, National Indoor Plant Week, is... Um, most plants, even when they're growing inside, fall and winter, the lights are lower. And so they don't really actively grow as much as they just sort of maintain themselves until they get to spring. Right. They just hang out. Right. So if you buy a new house plant right now, definitely repot it in the pretty pot that you want to have it in your house. But most house plants are actually repot replanted in the spring. Yes. Which is the best time, because then they're in active growing conditions. But here's the deal. If you get a root-bound tropical houseplant and you want to repot in the winter, go ahead and repot it if you want to. But some plants like to be root-bound, too. So, you know, houseplants are pretty easy. That's why it's a good place to start gardening. Right. And I would, did want to say two more things about crown of thorns that blooms there all the time. Yes. It has thorns. So it's not a huggable plant. No, and you know what? My daughter likes cacti, so she's into non-huggable plants. In fact, I sent Good. her a picture of a really pretty cactus when we were at the Red Butte Gardens. That's fun. She twittered about it. She was so excited, and I thought, yeah. you know, I'm not into cacti, but I'm glad you are. Yeah, I'm not into cacti either. She might change her mind. Lord knows I've changed my mind. Oh, yeah. We go, we flip from one plant to another daily almost, what we're fascinated with. That's the joy of gardening. So, in honor of National Indoor Plant Week, let's talk about another quote and then talk about how we're going to tie this into veggies. Okay. Everything that slows us down and forces patience, everything that sets us back into the slow circles of nature is a help. Gardening is an instru instrument of grace. May Sarton. I think that's lovely, Dee. It is lovely. It's beautiful. And then I, I think that's what uh, indoor plants, we're going to call them indoor plants. I think that's what indoor plants do. You know, it kind of slows you down. You want to take a good look at them all the time and turn them every once in a while so that they grow more evenly, turn them in the window or whatever, water them, watch them. And I think that even in the wintertime, you can be much closer to nature if you have a few houseplants. Yes, and also it, they clean your air inside your house. Yeah. I was going to say, you can Google which houseplants actually clean the air better than others, but I don't think anybody really knows. So any plant is better than no plant. 
Exactly. And more plants, the better. So veggies-wise, if you think about houseplants and veggies, I think about some herbs that you can try to grow inside. And I say try to grow. They won't be wild like outside. No, but they won't grow like they do in the summertime with lots and lots of heat. Most of our herbs are from Mediterranean regions, and so they will not they will not grow a lot. But you know what? You can do some, especially rosemary. Rosemary does really well in the winter because it's an evergreen. Um, there are some others too. The reason you have trouble, of course, growing them inside is it's a low light condition and they need light. So you can grow them under lights if you want to, but we get this question a lot from our listeners about herbs because there's that idea of the windowsill herb garden, and you can right. do that to some extent, but I've even grown basil in my greenhouse in the wintertime, like bought one of those basils at the grocery store, which is usually Genovese. That's the variety that they have. It, it does even in my even in my greenhouse, which it gets as much light as it possibly can in the winter. It's not enough, so I would have to grow it under lights. And honestly, I just don't care that much. I don't care that much either. I think your idea of rosemary is excellent. And as we get closer to the holidays, there will be tons and tons and tons of rosemary topiaries for sale. Yeah, they shape them like Christmas trees. Right. I never get them to live. But they're nice for a while. Um, this time, actually, last year's, it lived for a long, long time in my, in my uh, greenhouse, which really surprised me because you know why they don't grow well after they're done that way? It's because they put them in, um, they, they root-bound them. I mean, they're so root-bound in those pots, and even to, like, you would have to, like, slice the roots on the outside and repot it. And then keep it in that temporary shape. But, I mean, they cost like seven ninety nine at Trader Joe's. You could just buy one, enjoy it for the holidays, and throw it on compost pile. That's true. Or take that little bit of dried rosemary and throw it on your uh, the fire in the fireplace for another little burst of scent. Right, because it's essential oils. And we know that essential oils are a wonderful thing, especially in the wintertime. So we don't really have a good solution for for uh, herbs as houseplants other than you need a lot of light so keep that in mind yeah I'm trying to think of anything that would grow really well in a windowsill in the winter time I guess what we're trying to say is you know what don't feel bad if somebody gives you a kit for your windowsill in for Christmas time which sometimes they're sold that time don't feel bad if the seeds don't germinate or if they germinate and are reaching for the light, it's not your fault. You'd have to put a light source on them. So I guess you could do it. You could start it when you were starting seeds right. under lights, you know, your vegetable seeds or your flower seeds, and then you could go and put it in your windowsill once it had grown up a little bit. That's been my experience anyway. My experience as well. So we got some dirt. We do have some dirt, which we, ties. We actually have a lot of dirt. We do. So we're going to shorten veggies and go on to the dirt. So the first dirt is... A lot of people say, I can't really grow houseplants because I just don't have enough light. So for those people, there's a new book out by Lisa Eldred Steinkoff. She is the houseplant guru, and I think she's up in the Detroit area. She, mm-hmm. she wrote a book called Grow in the Dark, How to Choose and Grow Low-Light Houseplants. And it just came out. Ooh, fun. And I have a review copy of it, and we'll post a link to this on our show notes. 
but she has the top 50 house plants for low light conditions. And so I don't have great light conditions in my house. And so I'm going through this and saying, okay, I'll get that. I'll get that. I'll get that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'll just take the book to the store and say, do you have this? Do you have brake fern? Do you have Boston fern? Do you have blue star fern? Do you have snake plant? Angel vine. I mean, she just has a ton. Plus, she has a... You already have snake plants. I know. You have a whole bunch of snake plants. I know. How many, how many varieties of Sansevieria do you have? I have about seven or eight. Yeah, I think you can knock that one off the list. <laughs> okay, D. Yes, yes, ma'am. But there's a ton of good suggestions. There's more than snake plants and ferns in here. And a lot of good cultural information. And um, so anyway, this is a good book to get. We'll put a link on the show notes. Plus... Uh, GardenCom that we belong to has an upcoming webinar with Lisa called Move Over Hydrangeas, Houseplants Are Taking Over. That sounds like an excellent webinar. I might go listen to it, but then I'd want more houseplants. Which, if you sell houseplants, people would think that's a good thing, Dee. Yes, but uh, I'm already buying some that I don't need. Oh, well, we can talk about that later. Maybe I should just go to a houseplant psychologist or something. Speaking of houseplant psychologists, our friend Summer Rain Oaks also has written a book. I don't have this one yet, but it's on my list to get. It's called How to Make a Plant Love You, Cultivate Green Space in Your Home and Heart. Yeah, Summer Rain is very famous, and she came to GardenCom this time and did a really good talk on social media and kind of how her career trajectory has happened. And um, I just really enjoyed getting to know her better, and I thought she was pretty amazing. You know, she has a bunch of stuff on YouTube, a bunch of videos, and she's also doing this 365 houseplants um, in a year thing on Instagram and YouTube. So that's kind of a cool thing to check out, too. Right, and you can, if you Google Homestead Brooklyn, and we'll put a link to her, Homestead Brooklyn, that's where you'll find her. And she actually lives in Brooklyn, New York. She doesn't really have a garden like you and I do, Dee. She has houseplants. Yes, yeah, she's a whole houseplant garden. <laughs> Thousands of them, I would guess. I don't know. Definitely hundreds. And an indoor chicken named Kippy. Yes. So we'll, <laughs> we'll put a link to all that um, so that anybody that wants to follow up on anything that we talked about, they can do that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to uh, get more houseplants and even have more fun with them. And so everybody should pick up a houseplant for Houseplant Week. That's right. Well, it's great to talk with you, Dee. Let's tell people where they can find us. Ready? Here's the litany. Here we go. You can find us anywhere good podcasts are found. You can find us on The Garden Angelus at Facebook, and you can find us individually under... May Dreams Gardens and Red Dirt Ramblings on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram under the Garden Angelus and Indie Gardener and Red Dirt Ramblings. And then you can find us on Twitter under those same exact handles. And then, I, did I leave anything out? Oh, yeah. You can email us at thegardenangelists at gmail.com. Please email us with your questions. We'd love to help. That's right. And so let me be the first to wish you happy National Indoor Plant Week, D. Yeah, I can't wait to share all of my new houseplants in their beautiful green pots. I'll be watching for them all week. Bye now. Bye.